five things you need to know about divorcing a narcissist. If you guys are new here, my name is Ben Taylor. I'm a self-aware narcissist on this channel to provide awareness, growth, healing, and change about narcissistic abuse. I'm the founder of Raw Motivations, creator of the NARC app, and your guide to the 45-day Clarity Challenge. So you can access that at claritychallenge.net. If you like what you see here today about narcissism, narcissistic abuse, some of my journey, some of the stuff that I'm trying to communicate to people, then please subscribe. Uh, like, subscribe, uh, click on the notification to be able to get more information of whenever we go live, of some videos that we post at different times of the day, because love to be able to have you in this community to help you in that healing, that growth, and that change. Well, today, I want to give you some more information and insight in divorcing with a narcissist and have you kind of see a little bit of pieces about it. I need you to know several things and perspectives to be able to help you keep sane in the craziness of being with the narcissist and then trying to get free from a narcissist. So diving in today, we've got five main things that I want to be Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'll talk about and just to highlight really quick for you. Number one is mediation versus going to court, going through the trial, going through more of the legal aspect of systems. So you, typically people come to the table and they're like, hey, we're going to go through mediation. And what I've noticed is like mediation a lot of times works when you're dealing with people that are separating but also have common interests. And typically when you're dealing with a narcissist, they might say they have common interests, but their actions are showing the exact opposite. They might say, I want to work it out for the kids, but you're like, wait a second, you've never been around the kids for longer than a day because you're always away or because you actually don't show up in their life or you just rage at them. Different things like this. You'll start to notice a little bit of a difference. Mediation a lot of times seems like the cheaper or the better option for a lot of people, but the hard part is a lot of times a narcissist will use mediation to be able to manipulate the outcome or to be able to postpone a decision until things are done and signed and then they can still manipulate and control in certain ways. You see, when you're dealing with a narcissist and getting through a divorce process and getting the, down this road, they don't have common interests. Like you aren't working towards the same goals. This is why you know working together and like co-parenting with a narcissist really isn't a thing. There's normally too much aggression, too much back and forth, too much winning and losing, too much putting it back on you that it's like, wait a second, this co-parenting thing doesn't work. And now it has to be parallel parenting. You have your separate life. I have my separate life. We interact with the kids. That's it. Oftentimes, the mediation will last a lot longer and yield little to no results. I've seen a lot of people that go into mediation being like, hey, this will be simple and easy, and it takes years, and then they finally go to court anyways. So be really careful of going into that because they'll get into a place where there'll be some type of agreement, but there won't be any follow through. 
of like, well, this is what we're going to do. And then they sign papers and then they're like, I'm not doing anything because it's not court ordered because it's not something that actually matters enough to them to know that there's consequences. So a lot of times mediation won't really hold people accountable. Is the hard part of people go through mediation with custody and with child support. And a lot of times it'll get pushed off of like, oh yeah, we'll we'll just get the divorce, we'll just figure it out, we'll just get it done, and then we'll figure out custody, and then we'll figure out how much I'm gonna pay you, and then nothing happens. A lot of times we found when people go through mediation, they get on the other side and they're typically left with nothing. And they're typically left with a lot of false promises, future faking, right? A lot of false promises that never come to fruition because the goal for the narcissist was, let me just get out of this. Let me just get through it, but let me not be held accountable in a place where I actually have to be held accountable in that way. So a lot of times mediation, typically I've seen it doesn't work. It goes through mediation and ends up going to attorneys and court and trial anyways. So be really careful about that. Second one is when we're talking about divorcing a narcissist, you have to understand one of the biggest things is all about control. It's all about winning. And typically on the narcissist side, the goal, the idea is like, I have to either protect my image or protect my money. Okay. So it's the aspect of like, I don't care about you and I don't care about the kids. Okay. You'll see this so many different times of like, let me fight for all custody. Let me fight for 50-50 custody. And as soon as I get the kids, I drop them off at my parents and I never interact with them or I hire a babysitter or I just let the new supply take care of them and I'm doing X, Y, and Z. There's not an engagement. A lot of times fighting for the kids is all about image or it's about money. If I have the kids more, I have to pay you less money. So that way it's better for me. You have to remember that in a divorce with a narcissist, a huge aspect is about control, like I said, and is about winning, which also means there's a big piece of it that people don't like to hear that it's not personal. A narcissist, a lot of times, is not personally attacking you. They just don't care. They don't care about what you're doing, what you're experiencing. All they care about is, again, their image and their money. And so as a result, it's all about the narcissist. I said this earlier uh, to someone else. It was on along the lines of like a narcissistic relationship is a one-sided relationship and that one side does not include you. Like there's not anything in the narcissistic relationship that means you matter. And as a result, it's like, I don't really care. It's not even an emotional response to you. It's just, I only care about myself, not about you. Going through the divorce process, a lot of times will bring out this whole like winning versus losing. And it gets to the place where the narcissist just wants to win, even if it doesn't even make sense. Even if you have five kids and they have a one bedroom apartment, they'll still fight for 50-50 custody because I have to win in that situation. Sometimes people in a divorce proceeding will go through something to try to create a winning scenario for the narcissist, like you get the house, I get all the kids, you get money, I get 100% custody, whatever it might be. Sometimes there has to be these scenarios that's created to make it look like they're winning in order for you to win what actually really matters. Sometimes you do have the aspect where the narcissist is, you know, at the place where they are very vengeful and they absolutely hate you for exposing them or bringing about shame. And as a result, they're going to attack you however they can. You have to remember that engaging with them on any level, a lot of times will still be giving them supply, whether that's positive or negative supply. 
in the narcissist mind, the goal is I'm going to twist it around to show that I still matter. It would be like the idea of me coming into your life and slapping in the face and you coming back and yelling at me for slapping in the face. Then I can switch that in my mind and be like, oh, like I actually matter to this person because they're paying attention to me. Kind of crazy, right? But a lot of times you'll have a narcissist that will twist a lot of it to make it seem different in their mind. Okay. That's actually the next point. Twisting the narrative to themselves. Okay. Oftentimes the narcissist will want to twist the narrative of what's actually happening. This oftentimes will make you feel crazy and obsessed, but make them feel better about themselves. So the, again, the goal is I need to be able to change what's happening in the moment to make me feel better. But a lot of times it's going to make you feel crazy or make you feel insane in different ways. And so like, I'm going to push back in different areas and then you're going to attack me and I'm going to be like, oh, like what's going on? Like, I'm going to always twist the narrative to myself to make myself feel better, think that I'm better, etc. The other aspect is a lot of times the narcissist will twist the narrative to others to be able to beat you down. This typically is the smear campaign. And in going into a divorce, a lot of times the smear campaign is activated to try to make you look like you're the crazy one or you're the awful parent or whatever it might be of let me put it back on you so that other people see that I'm a great person. Typically, this is when the gloves come off and the narcissist starts to bring out whatever they want just to be able to hurt you and degrade you to be able to bring you down off of any like pedestal or thought process of that that you are a good person or a good parent and that they're the superior or the better one. Again, this sometimes goes back to that winning losing piece. This is why when this is happening, especially a smear campaign, when they're putting it back on you, when they're trying to make you out to look crazy, this is why no contact is so essential. Because a narcissist will use any interaction to attack you, to degrade you, to berate you with a lot of different things that don't make any sense, but are meant to be able to get a reaction. A lot of times they will try to do whatever they can to get in your head to produce a reaction so they can prove to everybody else out there that they're the good person and you're the crazy person. You have to be careful about this in divorce proceedings and in divorce proceedings with you know, getting custody of like, how are they going to make you look to other people to try to control the narrative so that they look better and you look like the awful person. The other thing is a lot of times they're playing the game at your expense. A lot of times a narcissist will attack your money to drain you to make you feel better about themselves. This is the hard part about mediation versus court is because mediation seems a lot better because it's cheaper, but then you go to the court system and the narcissist just takes forever. And as a result, they start to drain you for money. A lot of times they will do this in order to make them feel better about themselves and to make them feel better about, oh, well, this person actually isn't good enough because they can't do this or this person. And it's all about that winning and losing piece. Okay. Last but not least, make sure if you're going into a divorce with a narcissist, document everything. Cannot stress that enough. Document everything. I've never heard anybody ever that has told me, hey, I went through this divorce with a narcissist and I documented too much. Never heard that. Okay. There's a lot of people that have like binders and folders of text messages, screenshots of receipts of a lot of different things, you know, communicate through a third party app, like communicate through email. If you have to like do whatever you need to do to document every single thing. Don't get on the phone. Don't have contact. Try to make sure you're limiting stuff to protect you. 
you know, practice parallel parenting, look up the BIF method, like a lot of different things to make sure that you're being healthy and you're being safe moving forward. If you want to have more help in like understanding about divorcing with a narcissist or about some of those proceedings and about how to be able to work on your own mind, we'd love to interact with you. We'd love to talk to you and go to rawmotivations.com, click on one-on-ones. We'd love to help you there as I can with your healing, growth, and change. If you want help finding yourself after that toxicity, go to claritychallenge.net. We run a 45-day clarity challenge every single month to help you heal from toxicity to be able to grow, heal, and change after you've been with this toxic person, or maybe you're still with this toxic person and you need that clarity now, want to be able to offer that and join with other people to help you be accountable on a daily, daily basis in claritychallenge.net.